Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Excellence is never an accident. It's the result of high intention, sincere effort, intelligent direction, skillful execution, and the vision to see obstacles as opportunities. And that's an anonymous quote. And as um, I begin to chat with our guest, you will see why I picked that quote. Um, so thanks for uh, jumping in again, listening to The Profitable Photographer. I think I'm still Lucy Dumas. <laughs> Haven't changed too much since then. Um, I would love to ask you all to think about who you could share this podcast with. I have so many great guests and so much good information. And um, so the less it's a light under a bushel, the more the entire photography community benefits. So please share and also join my private group. It's called The Profitable Photographer in Facebook. Um, I also have a the Profitable Photographer podcast on Instagram, and I always post about my latest guests and such. So uh, let's connect everywhere we can. So I am super excited to introduce you to Jeff Faisano. He's a well-respected professional photographer living in Nashville, Tennessee. He's captured the essence, heart, and soul of legendary actors, notable artists, and musicians. He started his career in New York at 40, and his style of environmental portraiture expresses his passion and what he loves. He also has written a book called The Journey of the Awakened Heart. And if you're not driving, I suggest that you right now click on his website. It's Jeff, is it Fasano? Jeff? Fasano. Fasano. Jeff Fasano. Is it Italian? It is. It is. So uh, click on his website and uh, you'll see how amazing he is at light and capturing expression and all that good stuff. So welcome, Jeff. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. My, 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 my. Okay. <laughs> I'm delighted. And I know my guests are going to love what you have to share. Um, so just to give a little background on uh, where the heck you came from, can you share a little about that? Oh, I'm 62 now, Lucy. And just like you said, when you opened the show, I think I'm still Lucy Dumas. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're Lucy Dumas too? Wow. Really? Exactly. <laughs> uh, we, we have those days, right? Yeah. Um, I'm from New York. I'm originally from Stat Staten Island, New York, beautiful Staten Island, New York, where Francesco Scavulo is from, mm. where Mick Rock lives, um, two amazing, amazing artists. Mick Rock, uh, the photographer most noted as uh, shooting major, major artists, but doing um, the cover with Queen on uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, yeah. He's from Staten Island, huh? He lives on Staten Island, but that's where I'm from. Uh-huh. How originally into... and then and then i moved into uh, manhattan and lived in manhattan mm -hmm. on the upper west side for 20 years and that's where i started um my photography adventure in life so i noticed on your website you have amazing photographs of celebrities has that been your main focus 
or you know tell me about kind of the arc of your 22 year career oh that definitely was not my main focus i um studied uh, in in parsons school of art and design in new york for two years with a gentleman by the name of mario cabrera who was a photojournalist so i i studied under a photojournalist for two years mm. and um if you were to ask me right now, who are my three favorite photographers, I would say Walker Evans, Dorothea Lange, and Eugene Smith. Mm. And they were photojournalists. Right. But they were photojournalists who captured the heart and the soul of their subject. You felt their images. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, that is what captured, that's what I knew that I wanted to do. Mm. It, was, it, was, it was capturing what I saw in, in Dorothea Lange's photographs of the migrant workers in California. Mm-hmm. Walker, Walker Evans's um, portraits of, of people during the Depression in New York City. And then the entire bodywork of Eugene Smith. Oh, yeah. Plus the fact that Eugene Smith printed in his darkroom everything that he'd ever published. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. So he's, he, yeah, he, he's, he was amazing. Mario Cabrera often used his images, Eugene Smith's images, to show us how to print in a dark room. Mm. And um, so that's where it all started. So for me, it was about capturing people. I mean, if your audience and folks out there have never heard of those three photographers, go, go check them out and go feel their work. Right. Feel their work in your heart. And that's, that's really what, what I wanted to do. And then as, as time moved on, I love music. I absolutely so, love so I music. Page, I want to page back a sec before, okay. before we move on. So FYI, Henri Cartier-Bresson is yes. my all-time favorite. There you go. And when I was planning a trip to Chicago, there was coincidentally the largest exhibit of his work that had ever uh, been shown in public. And when I learned that, I cried. I was so excited. Wow, and, that's great. And we haven't talked about this on my show, about the value and importance of learning what came before us, of learning the, mm-hmm. the art, the history. You know, those names are familiar to me. I've been around photography forever. Um, I go to, we have the Museum of Photographic Arts in San Diego. Have you mm-hmm. been there, Jeff? No, I haven't. So um, it, who's the... Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young. The photographer is, Graham Nash is an amazing photographer. And he said he thinks our photographic museum is the best in the world. So, ha ha. Well, next time I'm in in Southern California, which is actually often, I'll I'll, I'll remember that. Yeah, we get such great exhibits. And um, yeah. So why do you think there's value in learning about photographers I think a lot of my listeners are portrait wedding photographers, but why do you think it's valuable to know these photographers, some that are still living, you know, so many great uh, iconic photographers that are not? What are your thoughts on that? Like I said, I learned from a photojournalist and Associated Press photographer. So he was a journalist. So he, he was more than that as well. But to me, they're the masters. Mm-hmm. It's like if you want to shoot fashion and you go and look at Peter Lindbergh and, and Sante Durazio. Um, watch look, and look at the, how they 
photographs fashion from a journalistic point of view because because mm. they both studied that and they and it morphed into fashion careers which it did for me as well um i i think it's so important to study the masters because a they printed their work b the way they saw light um what they were wanting to say with their work i spoke to a, a young student the other day and um i would i would always ask her uh, what what do you what do you want to say with your work what what as an artist what do you want to say with your work mario cabrera used to drill that into us what are you saying with your work fasano what are you saying with your work and then when i looked at you know henry cartier brisson who never cropped the photograph uh, and and uh and eugene smith and dorothea lang and and walker evans i i saw what they were saying i felt what they were saying that's why i just said go and feel these photographers and, and what they did um and to know them, you know, I mean, really know them. They, they knew their craft. They studied their craft. They had a love for it, but they had a, they, they had a love for cap, capturing the human spirit. Mm, I love which is, that. Which is, what, which is what I do. That's, right. that's where I got it from. When mm-hmm. I saw Walker Evans and those portraits, I go, that's what I want to do. Right. That's yeah. what I want to do. And, and that was it. Yeah. And then, so that's the basics of it. I didn't know what I want to do with it in the world, but I just said what I want to do, because the most important thing is um, getting into this business of doing photography. I, I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I knew before that, before, oh, I love music and I want to shoot music and get into that world. When I, and I think going back to your question, why it's important to study the masters and, and whoever that master is for you, Brassant is for you, is to, it got me to say what they're saying and what they're doing is what I want to do as an artist. Right. And after that comes the commercial or the business side of it. Right, right. And something I've learned um, about how the brain works is that we create whole new sections in our brain with everything we do or see or read. So when we study the history of photography, uh, when we, we expose ourselves to art and um, anything creative, our brains actually get bigger. It's like we've got this, I don't know, forest and, and we're, planting, we're planting trees and those trees grow and grow and grow. Do you know what I'm talking about? That yeah. we just become more able to see um, one of my favorite painters, because Jeff, I love portraits and the human spirit, and I could have gone the way of photojournalist as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I love John Singer Sargent, mm-hmm. and um, there's there are two of his most famous paintings that I've seen in person that I've you know studied and loved, and it was just filed away. And I did a a portrait of some children in a beautiful home, um, and it. It was like months later that I looked at the two best images from one was a boy, one was a girl. And I realized I had designed them almost the same as the two John Singer Sargent portraits. I wasn't trying to copy it, but it had added to my toolbox mm-hmm. of posing and ideas and how to stand and so forth. So, yeah, I love I love that. So I know that your passion is the same as mine, which is light. In mm-hmm. fact, 
Jeff, my name means light. <laughs> so I was born to be a photographer, I think. Um, and one of the things on this show that I like to encourage people is that they don't have to be the best photographer in the world yet in order to make a good living. But why do you think it's important to be highly skilled? Or first of all, yeah, why do you think it's important to be very skilled with light, to understand light? Because photography is all about light. Oh, <laughs> okay. The end. That's all people need to know. No, go ahead. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. all about. It's all about how you see light, what you're doing with light, how are you how you are interpreting light um, through your artistic heart space. Um, mm. What's really interesting is that, um, the very one back in 1988, I went. I get into Mario's class, and I was taking a class before that, and he saw some of my work and kind of recruited me into his class. I was like, great, this is going to be great. And quick story. So we're all sitting um, in, in class and we're waiting for, we all have our cameras and we're waiting for the big photo assignment. And Cabrera says, okay, here's your first assignment at the end of the class. I want each and every one of you <clears throat> to go to your local bookstore, pick up a book of Rembrandt and watch how he painted and look at how he painted light. You're like, what? Now, yeah, I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> And, and everybody was, every, you know, I saw, you saw a couple of people getting, you know, a little pissed off because they weren't going to use their cameras. Uh-huh. So I went, all right. So I went and did it. It totally changed my life. What mm-hmm. I learned, I picked up a book of all of Rembrandt's paintings and I looked at how he painted and saw light. And so- that, that opened up. I, I looked at that and I went, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I studied it and that's was my that was my first assignment from Cabrera and our second assignment was to go and find our favorite spot and go there at nine o'clock in the morning noon and 5 p.m depending upon the year or the time the season of the year and go and look at a tree and look at what the light at nine o'clock how that tree looks at nine o'clock in the morning how it looks at noon and how it looks at 5 p.m these are the two basic things he started us with and that just gave me a whole perspective on looking at what light does and and begin to start interpreting light Mm. i took a class um can't remember his name it's canadian and uh he does a lot of books in nova scotia um and the whole class for a week was called learning to see and so we had all kinds of assignments like uh, walking around, like finding the alphabet in nature. Mm. Um, have you done that assignment or ever where like, no. you're not trying to find an A on a stop or an O on a stop sign, but you're trying to find something in nature that when you take a picture of it, you know, it's an O and an M and you know, that, that exercise and what's the other big one? Well, so one of the things that I went home understanding is how the brightest part of a picture becomes the subject and it kind of ruined me for about a month doing my weddings because I would pose the way people you know compose it the way I normally did and then I'd be like oh look at all that bright sky and I'd have to move forward so yeah so those are some great thoughts Jeff do you have other tips on how someone can learn to see light or other experiences you want to share Actually, you know what? It's, I think we were talking earlier about, um, I, as a photographer, 
everything that I see. I'll walk out of my house today. I'll turn my head and look out out my my living room window. And the first thing I do is, what is the light? What is the light doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the way I look at life. I look at life through seeing what the light does mm-hmm. and what the light's doing. And I feel that that was because when I first started really learning this. That's all I did. Uh, I had a wonderful, like I said, I mentioned earlier, Mario Cabrera, who who actually, you know, if you're live, living it, eating it, breathing and sleeping it, you're always looking at what is that light doing? Look, oh, wow, look at that. What is that light doing? What is it doing there? What is it doing there? And then how would I, well, what, how would I photograph? Um, it becomes uh, just a way of life. The way you're looking at life as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, musicians hear things. They'll be sitting. I've been with the musicians who've been sitting in a restaurant and we're talking and somebody next to them said something. She goes, Whoa, I got to write that down. And right. I went, why? She goes, because it just spurred me. That's a great line for a song. Mm-hmm. So I want to caution the listeners who haven't uh, had this happen to them yet. It can drive you crazy. I don't know if you agree with that, but Jeff, I can't watch people. I can't be on a zoom call. Uh, I can't, be in a restaurant without seeing how the light is falling. And sometimes I can't even listen on Zoom. Part of why I, um, it's hard for me when I'm coaching people to be doing uh, video Zoom calls because I'm looking at the background, I'm looking uh-huh. at their lighting, I'm looking yeah. at myself, I'm I'm, you know, it's a, it's a happy problem. Um, Just a funny story. One time I was on vacation and we were driving through kind of back roads in Utah, east of, east of Salt Lake. It was late in the day and it was a little hazy. And I went, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And my boyfriend thought maybe aliens landed or something. And I said, look at the light on those cows. Yeah. (laughs) So I know just what you mean. Once it opens up, uh, it's wonderful. And it can also uh, kind of be like like a, a constant presence that's hard to ignore. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but but just think about how much fun that is. It is. It is. I mean, just think about how much fun it, it's it's it's. Um, I don't do it much anymore, or not as much as I used to do it. But I carried my camera everywhere. Mm-hmm. I had a camera with me all the time because of just moments of like that. Oh my God, I don't want to be stuck by saying I wish I had my camera. Right. So. How does having this um, ever increasing ability to see light uh, impact people's profitability? This is the profitable photographer. So can you talk about why that's uh, super valuable? I mean, well, I know it's kind of dull. Yeah, it, it, it is valuable, as is every other aspect of your craft. I said when we, when we, when we first got together, everything about photography is lighting. Right. So it is so important to understand light and use light because that is just an extension of what you're feeling in your heart Mm. as an artist. So everybody may have learned, you know, to study the craft and and find all different ways of, of understanding light and using light. And then, you know, right now, we're kind of talking about natural light, but then extending that into a studio mm-hmm. and creating light with with strobes or tungsten lights. You're you're you've studied it by looking at natural light, and then if you're if you wanted to take it a step first further into the commercial aspects of it to set things up, which is where I went. Mm-hmm. I, I I studied it with Mario for so long, got it, and then I said, you know what? My next step is learning how to use lights 
right create what i'm seeing outside mm-hmm. and then you then it opens up and you become a more dynamic photographer and what you're doing is you're adding to your tool bag of what you're going to what of ways in which to give your client varying amounts of of different ways of getting as mario would say getting what they think they want where ultimately you're going to give them what they want and they never knew it right so the So the basis of that and the importance of that is to really begin with lighting and understanding it. That will be the major part of your tool bag as a photographer that when you understand it, you'll be able to shoot, you'll be able to can shoot with, with, with a candle light, with a room light, a lamp or anything like that. That's going to make you more accessible to people and give you a wide range of jobs that you get. Mm-hmm. I think in my journey with light, because um, that is my addiction as well, I didn't realize the importance also of darkness and shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a little about your thought process or just the importance of not just seeing what's bright, but seeing what's not? Well, it's about seeing what's bright that creates your 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 drama in photographs. Um, I love the extremes of light. I love creating dark shadows um, with detail in the shadow. Um, if you look at my website, you look at my style. My style is very moody. People call it or dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost uh, film noir uh, looking because I've watched movies and saw how cinematographers lit things. Shadows are important uh, because um, I come from a world of black and white. Mm-hmm. So it's a great world to come from, you know, because that is a great platform to learn on. Mario, for two years, everything, we didn't shoot color. Everything was shot in black and white. So we can really see the range in 18% gray. The ranges from white to grays to to blacks. So uh, I'll call this tip number four then, um, is to do a lot of photography in black and white. Um, Maybe even get a film camera and and black and white film. Those are still, they still sell those, right? (laughs) (laughs) I still have my Mamaya 645. Or you can set your camera to black and white on the back. Yep. Um, I, I, when I first started in photography, I was doing it as an art and I decided I was only going to work in black and white until I knew why I wanted to add color. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of the same as what you're mentioning is I, yeah. I learned how to see light and shadow beyond, beyond uh, all those other distractions of different tones and colors because color creates mood and energy and different things. So, yeah. So they think that's a great tip. If you really um, want to, yeah, if you really, I'm, I'll, I'll just use my experience. I learned how to see light by shooting in black and white and right. then going into a dark room and then, you know, massaging a print to right. what I would really like, but understanding the, the spectrum from whites to grays, whites to grays to black. And then finding, you know, back in the day, it was like, wow, you try every every black and white film, and then you finally find the film that coincides with, once again, what you're saying, what your vision is. A, a great tip for people is to experiment and have fun. Ooh, what a concept. <laughs> experiment. I mean, that's, a, that's what I did. I, I experimented, experimented and have had fun with it. 
Um, you know, like everybody started out shooting Tri-X and then went to this. And finally, you know, um, I wound up shooting my, my go-to black and white was Ilf- Ilford HP5 or FP4. You know what? I'm the same. Yeah. I, Ilford, um, when I was, I only took one official photography class um, and she had us pull the film. So we used the, the ISO 400 Ilford and then we like pulling it, you'd under process mm-hmm. it under a little bit yeah, so that under. it brought out all the detail in the right. shadow and the highlight in a really rich way. And um, that ended up being the style I like. I have a good friend who she really loves those soft, creamy, warm tones. Mm-hmm. With because I also I don't know about you, but I like Ilford paper because I mm-hmm. like snappy blacks and whites. And she like her work is something like out of a dream with those really soft tones and she only uses fiber paper so that it it has a certain look to it and that's what's so fun is i love that you brought that up that we find what what works for us i used to use um you know even all my two and a quarter work my medium format stuff was all you know 120 fill but i used i when i shot black and white i shot ilford i printed um everything on on ilford fiber paper but mm-hmm. I used to shoot, use 400 film and push it a stop uh-huh. and then process it normally because I'm not a great person. <laughs> That's what yeah. I've learned yeah. I, through the whole thing. Right. It's like, you know what? I, in my work, and if you go to my website now, even as I shoot digitally, you will see in the, and that digitally I have reproduced what I used to shot, shoot using Ilford film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I shoot, eight, I push Digitally, I push digitally to 800. I shoot the same way digitally, 800 ASA, and um, and I do the same process digitally because it's in my it's in my bones, it's in my DNA. When I'm working in Photoshop, it's as if I'm working in, in my dark room. So, but that, but the the point I'm making is is to experiment as. Lucy, as you just said, what you like used to, you know, underexpose it as a, a stop. I used to overexpose it as stop, process mm-hmm. normally, and then you would get those rich blacks and those rich whites. Yes. And then there would just be a, a, a tinge of gray in there. But through the experimentation, I found out what floated my boat. Right, right. Hey, I wanted to go back when you were talking about um, working in a studio and how that can shift. Um, I mentioned when Jeff and I were talking beforehand, um, one of my mentors about light was Dean Collins. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of you listeners might know exactly who I'm talking about. He was the god of light and he had videos um, that you still can get. They've converted them to audio recordings. Um, Like he was the scientist of light. He, a lot of the things that you might know about light, Jeff, you don't know that it highly probably came from Dean's teaching that other people passed on. (laughs) So I took a week long class with him and we had a, he was a commercial photographer. We had a, a session on the beach with models. And then we had a picnic at sunset. And then he had, I think it was like a pie pan and a flashlight and it was pitch black where we were. And he showed us with just the flashlight, maybe it was a ball, I can't remember, but he showed us the effect of light when you go high, low to the side, in front, Mm -hmm. the whole spectrum. And that was a little playtime that like, boom, some of those synapses in my brain just completely 
matured to the point where that was a piece for me where I started to see light differently. Do you think studio, like someone that isn't seeing it outdoors, do you think somebody might work indoors with studio and have that opportunity to learn to see better? Do you think that's a tool? You could, um, if you use steady lights like tungsten lights, they were always on. Mm -hmm. And that you could demonstrate, you know, if I taught a lighting class and I have been asked, Parsons actually asked to teach a lighting class a long time ago. That's one way. And and actually it, it is an extension of it because I, when I was learning how to use all types of artificial light, it, I went, oh, wow. You know, when we look outside, the light is doing what it's doing. We mm-hmm. can't, we can't manipulate it. Right. So we have to do what nature, we have to shoot what nature gives us, which is why you look at it. Um, you go and look at it all different ways and see the light be there and go look at it. If you're shooting natural light, well, inside you can manipulate it to what you right. want. Right. And tungsten lights, which is a steady stream of light, are great ways. Tungsten's a warmer light. So it's closer to what the sun is it's closer mm-hmm. to 900 kelvin so you could look at and, and play with that light as 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 well and you know and, and do it that way it's really funny lucy uh, you mentioned flashlight i actually did a shoot last week at city winery here in nashville um using a flashlight mm. how did you do that the artist i had everything set up out in you know up inside i'm doing a basket i for four years i've been doing a backstage portrait project city winery here in nashville and i bring my i shoot it with my little tungsten 500 watt tungstens because the area we shoot it in is small and um he goes you know man i really i really don't want to go upstairs but if you can you know shoot it in my van he had a really cool van mm. went, well there's not a lot of light here and he goes wait turns on this flashlight this heavy duty flashlight mm. and i pointed it at he pointed at me i'm going well that can work and here folks here's another the reason why i could make that work is because of what i learned and practiced with mario cabrera mm. i i could make that flashlight work instead of my tungsten light because of the studying rembrandt because of studying the light because of using all day, different light all I mean, those Mar- tools. Mario had us use all different different lights. So he asked us to do a shoot with a candle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and okay. And he Yeah, and- I'm laughing just because I was the editor of my yearbook in high school and uh, I think the photographer, the the high school photographer, uh, he did a lot of things with candle light. But I think he had been smoking a little something and <laughs> listening yeah. to some some uh, Doors music or something. But I just had a flashback. <laughs> yeah. So if you really really know how to use light, you can light a mat. You know, you know, um, anything with a with a lamp, with anything mm-hmm. like anything like that. So this flashlight was one of those, you know, he camps a lot. So he's got this heavy, I mean, it is really yeah. bright. And uh, so his, his, one of his assistants was there and I said, hey, dude, can you, and I, I maneuvered him and told him how to hold the light. Mm-hmm. And, and we did the entire, you know, shoot, which was only 15 or 20 minutes just to get the portraits in his van with that flashlight. That's amazing. So, so, so it's either doing the job, being, thinking on your feet, knowing light, knowing, you know, knowing what you're doing, really, really knowing what you're doing. Or I could have said, you know what, dude, I, I, I can't, I don't know how to use that flashlight. So, you know what, it's okay. We won't do the shoot. Um, I was determined to do the shoot and it just so happens he had that flashlight 
and boom. And we had so much fun because he was going, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this with a flashlight. Mm. And I was like, and then, you know, he saw the images and it was like, wow. So that that's, so then if we're getting back to um, making money and profiting, if I didn't know, if I didn't study how to use lights, how to use, and then manipulate them and use them knowing F stops, knowing that I I could go all the way down to F4, you know, at a 60th of a second and get what I need. Or I would have said, I don't know how to do that. So I can think I'll pass and and not make money. And imagine how awesome uh, it probably is that the subject told people, oh my gosh, this Jeff, he's so amazing. Uh, He he did it in my band and he used a flashlight. So it it makes you look uh, definitely like a cut above the competition, which I imagine in your world of commercial, um, there's a lot of excellent photographers. So how you become the go-to person, uh, you know, for however it is, that's a whole other topic of how you get your, your subjects in the commercial world. But um, yeah, having, I think also something that kind of a callback is that you have a consistency so that people know what they're going to get when they hire you. You've got that dramatic, you know, rich, rich, dark, (laughs) you know, rich blacks, if that's a word we can use. So instead of being like all over the place, uh, learning what you love, would you agree with that? It uh, makes it easier to be more profitable because we're memorable. And also just like picking a niche, I think can help us grow faster. Also honing in on what style you love Mm -hmm. can separate us from, from the path. Yeah. Creating your style. Right. And you you, you create a style from your heart of what you, Mm. what you're saying and what you love to see. Um, I did had a great class at school at um, ICP, International Center of Photography in New York City with this gentleman by the name of Harvey, Harvey Stein. It was, called, it was a portrait class. And he brought in thousands of photo books mm. and exposed us to thousands of styles of photography. And I remember finding, oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's why I, I gravitated in the commercial world to people like Peter Lindbergh and Sante Dorazio, um, even my my friends um, Timothy White and guys like like Jim Marshall and Henry Diltz, who are my friends, who are icons in the world now, photographing, uh, going and looking at their work and what they were they're doing. Um, you you find out what you know what your soul what 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 captures your soul in that moment. Like, oh, man, I love that. I love that. I, I, I love that. That's what I want to do. And then you, you it, then you start to create your style from there. I have a photographer friend who she shoots weddings in New Jersey and she loves overexposing stuff mm-hmm. and, it, and, and, and it's light and she loves that and, and it's her style. And, and we couldn't be more the antithesis of each other, you know? So, so if you look at her work, I go, wow, that's beautiful. Um, you, the people who hired you wouldn't hire me. <laughs> right, right. And because there's how many billion people on the planet yeah. and how many million people that would hire photographers, uh, that's perfect because then you yeah. work with people that love what you do and yeah. she works with people that love what she does. So. Yeah. And what she does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I think we could uh, talk for hours. I wish we were in the same city and we were hanging out, uh, having dinner together or something, but 
we can't do that right now. <laughs> so um, I need to, we're almost out of time. Um, two questions. Mm -hmm. um, how do people get in touch with you if they have any questions or um, want to see your work? Head on over to my website. It's it's www.jefffasano.com. Okay. Uh, three Fs, my whole name together. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Jeff Fasano Photo. Uh, my email is it's all Jeff at jefffasano.com. You uh -huh. can email me anytime. <laughs> um, I love talking to people with who have a lot of questions. I help a lot of young photographers. Um, I just did a session, a one-on-one -on -one session with a woman here who's in school and, and mm. uh, had an assignment to talk to a photographer. And we, we just spent two hours together this week. Love it's it. so much fun talking about this, this type of, of, of stuff. It's great. Uh, that's, and then I know on Facebook, you know, my Facebook page is Jeff Fasano photography. Great. So, um, before I ask you the last question, what's your book, the journey of the awakened heart about? Oh, that is about actually um, part and parcel about going within and really finding your truth and who you are mm. and loving, honoring and valuing yourself, which is a big part of going out and, and making a living as a photographer. Right. I think that's the beauty of, of this or any artist who wants to create a career is that we're a lot of us more in touch with that heart space and um, can go there and and actually must go there so yeah. when we want to stand out from the crowd and not uh, simply be a I don't know like a burger flipper <laughs> of the, the photography thing, world. The thing about this whole thing Lucy that I could tell your audience and this is what I told this young girl this week how much do you love it yeah how much is it how much do you absolutely love doing this? Because there's that's the only way you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. You have to sink pretty much your entire life into it and and really do it. And I'm going to drop a name here because when I worked on Broadway and worked in 2008 on Cat on a Hudson Roof on Broadway, I documented six months of the entire run of that. I used to um, hang out with James Earl Jones every day. Mm. And I, and I asked a lot of people, when, as I, on my journey, I would ask, as I was, you know, photographing and going up and photographing some amazing, amazing people, I would ask them this question. How did you get here? How did you get to this level in your life, in your career? And James Earl Jones said to me, he goes, what else am I going to do? <laughs> he goes, I absolutely love doing what I'm doing. Um, James Galway said the same thing. I practice six hours a day, not because I think I have to, it's because I love to. Yes. I love playing the flute. Mm -hmm. Eddie Van Halen, who just passed away, practiced because he loved playing that guitar. And then eventually he invented a whole new way to play it. So the, that... I don't know. I think there's a book called do what you love and money will follow. So that's, that's, it will, that yeah. is the whole, that's the whole thing. Don't, I never thought about making money because that's not what you think about as an artist. What you think about as an artist is how much you love doing it, studying the craft. Right. I can't, I can't stress more of studying your craft. Mario Cabrera said this to me, know so much and know, know how to give your client five different ways of giving them what they want. Mm. And then five more of giving them what they want, but they never knew that. 
Right. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. And so that, and that just, I, I studied, I studied and studied and practiced and studied and practiced. And then you know what you want. And then the money is going just organically and naturally follow. And if that's all, and what you will charge is all based upon how much you honor and value mm. you, what you're doing. Right. And I don't think you're saying uh, you just start doing what you like and people start knocking on your door and throwing money at you. Like part of the craft in a business is learning how to let people know what we do and right. price ourselves in a way that rewards us for the level of work we're doing and professionalism that we present as artists and business people, right? You're not, you're not just saying, do what you love, sit, sit in a chair and, <laughs> and it all comes to you, right? No, it, and it doesn't. And, and what I did when I first started, this is back, you know, when I quit my job in 1999, year 2000, 2001, um, I started doing things and I had, you know, I was doing small things and that, that back in the days it was magazines. And so I'd find magazines and I would drop off my portfolio because we didn't have websites back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the biggest thing that came to me was I asked myself, where do I need to show up to meet the people who are the ones who are going to give me the jobs that I want. Yeah. And that led me to South by Southwest in Texas. Mm. It was a big, big music and, and a film, film, film festival. And it hit me. That's where I need to be. Mm. And, I, and, and I started working with some magazines in New York who got me there. And that's where I met Paste Magazine at the time. Started shooting for them. And then it just, it started blossoming for there. So always ask that question based on what you love. I love music. So I said, where do I need to be? Where do I need to show up? Where the people are who are go- that are going to be there are the ones that will give me the gigs, the jobs that I want to do. Wow. That's, so I, that's what I did. I think you just added about four more tips in, in that last uh, yeah. answer to a question I hadn't asked yet, which is, uh, is there any last something you'd like to share? But I think you did it. Uh, so I don't need to ask that one this I, time. I well, can sum it up, Lucy. I can sum okay. it up real quick. How much do you ask yourself the question? How much do I love taking pictures? Mm-hmm. How much do I love it? Do I love it with a passion that it just drives me 24 seven? How much do I love it? Because that right. is what's going to propel you into going out in the world and, and making this your life's your life's work right then when I, you get there mm-hmm. you you're, you're practicing 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 and practicing and then where do i now i've gotten a portfolio i've built a website i've got some really cool images up there that i like okay now where do i need to be to meet the people who are going to give me the jobs that i want right simple as that <laughs> not simple but yeah it's a perfect formula i i know that I would not have stayed in this industry for 38 years if I did not absolutely love it. I probably could have made more money, I don't know, selling pharmaceuticals or jewelry. Uh, Selling is something that I appreciate the art and craft of as well. But because of my passion for photography and for children and for documenting uh, people as we, you know, live this brief shining uh, moment in time, you know, preserving those memories, those memories, celebrating the beauty of everybody, you know, that has propelled me forward for 38 years. So yes. Well, thank you, Jeff, so, so much. And um, 
listeners stay tuned for my wrap up. Um, and I know that I can hear a lot of people standing and applauding. So yay, thank you, Jeff. Oh, thank you, Lucy. It was, it was fun. I, could, I can go on and on. But Me too. Really like great. I said, I hope we can have dinner someday in the future, you know, in the future of the world, <laughs> somewhere, oh, somehow on oh, this planet. Okay, bye. So I'm just about ready for the wrap up. I want to remind you that today I'm asking if you would share this podcast or anything else you listen to on your Facebook, send an email to a handful of friends. Um, just get more listeners so that we can, um, keep, keep helping more, 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 more people run highly profitable businesses, because it's my belief that the more people that are doing things in a way that is honoring our profession and helping our clients, it helps all of us have better businesses. I love that expression. The rising tide floats all boats, lifts all boats. Um, and to uh, feel free to like my business page, which is the Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas, and join my private group. Um, and also, if you go to Lucy Dumas Coaching, there's a couple little gifts that you can grab there and get uh, kind of get into my my world. So, uh, how do I summarize this? Well, so Jeff started as a photojournalist, and he is I think one of those rare photographers that actually studied photography and studied art. And um, through the process of that, he, he learned to see light and he learned how to work with it in a way that satisfies him. Um, one of the exercises was to get a book on Rembrandt and how Rembrandt painted with light. And from studying that, that was a big revelation, big, literally eye-opener. And then another assignment from his class was to pick a subject and watch it from morning to night and watch how the light changes the way it looks. Um, we talked about studying iconic photographers' work and learning the history of our craft and art. Um, and we talked about how light is just one of our tools but it's the most important one. And then um, he mentioned how once as a photojournalist, he really understood and could see light. Then when he decided to go commercial and do more studio work, he already had um, a keen eye so he could work with lights to create uh, what he loves and become a more dynamic photographer. We talked about how extremes of light create drama, and that's something he particularly loves. And then he shared a lot about doing this as our passion and um, honing the craft, honing the craft, honing the craft. And then when we do that, everything else kind of blossoms from there. So I'm really hoping, thinking, I'm sure that you have gotten a lot out of today, even though we weren't talking about money and how to make it specifically. Um, definitely, the more we see, then the more we know our craft, the, the better everything is in our business. So thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, 
Go have fun photographing and selling your work.